Stories of the supernatural, superstition, and folklore were the backbone to many ancient cultures that are still taught today. These stories adults use to teach rules and morals to their kids and even make them fear what lies in the darkness. You had the German Grimm fairy tales brought to you by the Brothers Grimm, and you had the Greek author Aesop bringing you his fables, and so many others. These stories date back to ancient Greece, ancient Europe, that helped create their cultures. But what happens when a new world is born? A world and a people with a clean and blank slate, with no folklore to fall back on to teach them. What is born from that? For starters, a new take on the supernatural world is created. The paranormal, superstitious, and supernatural world is brought into perspective in a new light. Let's dive into what is said to be America's first ghost story and its official folklore, Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I want to begin by recognizing that this is considered to be westernized America's first ghost story. We cannot disregard that before settlers made their presence known, Native Americans freely roamed and carried throughout the land their own magnificent stories of the supernatural world. These stories are so rich on their own, and those we will save for a future episode. Now, With America breaking away from the British, the land and her people found themselves free to create their own story. In 1820, Washington Irving released a compilation book of short stories titled The Sketchbook. Within its pages, little did he know, was America's first ghost story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Now, this is a story that everyone knows all too well. This is a Halloween scary story staple. I, to this day, sit with my brothers around Halloween and pop in the DVD for Disney's rendition titled The Adventures of Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad. This story is just classic. Though it's super popular, for those who aren't familiar with the story, it goes a little something like this. This is a gothic horror that tells the tale of one Mr. Ichabod Crane, a superstitious young man who comes into the dreamy little town of Sleepy Hollow to become its new schoolmaster. He bamboozles the townspeople to take him into their homes, offering room and board and dinner in exchange for teaching their kids. Once in their homes, he opens his ears to the ghostly gossip that flows through the community's housewives. It is within these stories that he learns of the vengeful spirit named the Headless Horseman. And while he's teaching, he falls in love with his 18-year-old student, Katrina Van Tussel. Or rather, really, the money her father possesses. And he sets out to win her heart. He finds himself competing against the big dog of the town by the name of Brom Bones, 
After receiving an invite to the Van Tessel home for a party, Ichabod sets out to join the party and attempts to court Katrina. As the party winds down, Brom boasts that he once raced the headless horseman and guests begin to chat about the ghostly rider. Ichabod then slips away to shoot his shot with Katrina, but is unfortunately turned down and leaves the party brokenhearted. In his ride home, however, he is met on the road by a strange rider. Racing to get away, Ichabod notices the man is headless. The chase comes to a dramatic close crossing the bridge before the town's church. As the morning sun rises, Ichabod's horse arrives back home, yet the superstitious schoolmaster is never seen or heard from again. Was it a cool trick to run him out of town, or was it something far more sinister? Let's dive into that. The concept of the vengeful headless horseman to American culture was definitely a new one, but other literary accounts spoke of a very similar spooky writer. The idea of the headless rider went far back into the Middle Ages. Celtic mythology wrote stories about an entity by the name of Dullahan, who was the embodiment of the god Krom. Now, Krom also went by various names, such as Black Krom or Black Crooked One. And during his reign between 1621 BC to 1544 BC, the High King of Ireland worshipped Krom, and every year demanded human sacrifices to be given to the god. The sacrifices were acted out by, get this, decapitating those being sacrificed. Maybe this method of killing the sacrifices led to the headless rider to be just that, headless. The Dullahan's appearance also carried many similarities to that within Irving's story, though much more grotesque. He was always a black-cloaked rider, and he rode in on his large black horse. There were also accounts that also stated the writer used a black carriage made of coffins, tombstones, and bones, giving him an undertaker look, evil looking for souls to take. His severed head, which he would hold high in the sky, rather than Irving's who carried it tucked in his saddle, was covered in rotting flesh, filling the air with the smell of death, alerting his arrival. The face upon his head was no jack-o'-lantern. This mouth was split into a terrifying smile, relishing as it collected his souls and its eyes were lit aflame, darting back and forth, searching for his next victim. Throughout the short story, the Headless Horseman's behaviors resembled the Celtic Dullahan. Now, whether this was Irving's intention or not, I'm not sure, but here are a lot of the comparisons between the two riders. The Dullahan would attack his poor victims by slashing out their eyes with his whip made of spines to claim them. The headless horseman claimed Ichabod by throwing his pumpkin head across the bridge. 
It's the idea that both Dullahan and Horseman reach out in a way to touch their victim to claim him. It was said also that no locked door or gate can keep the Dullahan out, and it seems that was somewhat true for the Headless Horseman as well. Ichabod feels that crossing the bridge to the church will save him. However, that's not the case. The headless horseman throws his head and it hits Ichabod, throwing him from his horse. Taking on this tactic, the story implies that not even a gate or the ever-looming protection of the church will keep you safe from his clutches. Now, what transcends this story into the realm of the oh-so-creepy is Ichabod hearing his whistle returned back to him in the dead of night. The story goes, as Ichabod approached this fearful tree, he began to whistle. He thought his whistle was answered, but it was but a blast sweeping sharply through the dry branches. Suddenly, he heard a groan. His teeth chattered, and his knees smot against the saddle. This whistle back marked Ichabod as the horseman's target, which is very similar to the way the Dullahan marked his targets. In folklore tales, the Dullahan would mark you by calling your name in the night. If you heard your name called, it was nothing less than a one-way ticket to a frightful death. While, yes, this story did mark the first ever ghostly folklore for the newly born America, in its own way, it also gave strength to ghostly superstition as a whole. We all know of a place so covered in creepy stories and rumors that we don't dare go near. Whether it's the haunted home on the corner of your neighborhood or a building in town, superstition is in our very way of life. Irving makes sure to amplify this idea of superstition within his story. The town of Sleepy Hollow is a quiet town, positively shrouded in a veil of haunting and superstition. This veil is described as a drowsy, dreamy influence seeming to hang over the land and to pervade the very atmosphere. The town's very foundation is built off the ghostly gossip amongst the townspeople. This draw on superstition was Irving's way of criticizing the weight put in silly superstitious gossip. Irving writes, The old country wives, however, who are the best judges of these matters, maintain to this day that Ichabod was spirited away by supernatural means, and it is a favorite story often told about the neighborhood around the winter evening fire. The bridge became more than ever an object of superstitious awe, and that may be the reason why the road has been altered of late years. Irving, in his own way, poking fun at those who believe in their own ghost stories. Funny that America's first ghost story was written by the biggest skeptic. The supernatural has and will always pull the attention of those who believe and those who don't. 
Are these types of stories built to strike fear? Are they to defer people from misbehaving or to have them stay away from sinister natures of the supernatural? The legend of Sleepy Hollow introduces a character that wholeheartedly believes in the world of fortune telling and witchcraft. By the end, after Ichabod has disappeared, the town is quick to ban and remove any teachings of the devil's magic, stating, As to the books and furniture of the schoolhouse, they belong to the community. Except Cotton Mather's History of Witchcraft, a New England almanac, and a book of dreams and fortune tellings. These magic books and the poetic shawl were forthwith consigned to the flames by Hans Van Ripper, who from the time forward determined to send his children no more to school, observing that he never knew any good come of this same reading and writing. Though Irving pushes the idea to not allow false superstitious tales to clouds one judgment, one can't help but see a fear amongst these words. If you don't see any good in these readings and writings, why burn the books? If you don't see any weight in books of dreams or fortune tellings or witchcraft, if they're simply words upon paper, why destroy them? Why act out in a way of fear? Is there something more? Was there some kind of weight behind these paranormal happenings? This story may be from 200 years ago, and I cannot help but viewing it through the paranormal lenses of today. To this day, the thought and talk of spirits, witchcraft, and ghosts strikes fear in people both skeptic or who believe just the same. I'll leave you with this. Irving writes, They are given to all kinds of marvelous beliefs, are subject to trances and visions, and frequently see strange sights and hear music and voices in the air. Though, sure, the story does have its fantastical moments, quotes like this make it feel like things must have been experienced to draw from. The land all around Irving was fresh and new, and it had to carry the voices and sightings of things simply unexplainable. These types of stories, I believe, carry a dose of reality within them, believe it or not. Trances, visions, strange sights and sounds, and voices in the air strike too close to home here in the modern day. We all have a ghost story to tell. I know I sure do. So who is to say that Ichabod wasn't truly taken by the Headless Horseman? The paranormal is a world all around us that as we grow older, we lose the ability to see. So who's to say it's not there? Too much happens in life that we simply cannot explain. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is America's first ghost story, but it surely will not be her last.
but has been audibly haunted. I'm your host, Ani Kachadorian. You can find Audibly Haunted wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. Give the show a listen, and I'd love to hear what you all think. So please drop a rating and a review, like, share with all of your friends. Thank you for joining me so far, and again, welcome to Audibly Haunted.